0: So much of you. A great place to get a seafood my
1: picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott, and I am flying solo once again, because Carrie is sick. Now, you guys know that last week's episode was the live episode, but the week before that, Carrie was sick. Well, I'm going to tell you a little secret behind the curtain of Out on the Lanai here. We're, we recorded two episodes in one day. And so this is the same day as two episodes ago. It's very fucked up. But And if, and if the world has exploded since, like, if, if the world explodes two weeks from now, And, like, Trump's done something crazy or, like, we're all, like, hungry or something, this is more like a time capsule of when times were fun. Um, (laughs) But if everything stayed the same, well, then Carrie's just still sick. But Carrie is sick she's not she's she's not feeling the golden spirit and we wish her well but she will be sneaking in in special ways here every every once in a while um but as you know this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the golden girls and then we talk about it and today's episode we watched twice in a lifetime and it aired on february 24th 1990 i think the berlin wall came down right around then maybe i don't know i could be wrong but it was around that time it was like 1990 because it was after Reagan was president. So George Bush... Whatever. It doesn't matter to this episode because it's not about that. But this is what, this is how my brain works. Um, and this is basically the one where, like, Buzz is... Like, Rose has an ex-boyfriend come to town and Sophia gets pissed because she wants to stay out until, like, 2 a.m. and she decides to move out. And that's essentially the episode. But to place... To have a conversation about this episode Since Carrie can't be here I'm here with a very good friend Who is in town visiting for a very short period of time So I had to like get him on before He left town, he lives in Seattle Uh, And he hosts a great podcast that we will talk about So guys, please welcome Matt
2: Baum Hi everybody Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you so much for having me on the show Thank you for doing it
1: I'm so glad, I'm so so glad that you can be here I'm so glad it all worked
2: out You were at DragCon all weekend Yes I was, I got to see Rue and I saw Shangela that's and Amy soda was
1: there and I, oh. and I was actually I was honestly quite starstruck Yeah, I bet Yeah, it was It was a dream
2: come true now, Everyone it was so nice there
1: Tell people Tell the lovely listeners About your podcast Because I've done it And it's oh, a yes. wonderful podcast
2: uh, Yes, so it's called The Sewers of Paris mm-hmm. And uh, every week I talk to a gay man About the entertainment That changed their life mm-hmm. And so, you know We talk about um, Oh, I don't know Oscar Wilde and Madonna mm. And uh, I talked about Bette Midler Bette Midler, of yeah. course yes, yeah. yes, yes Very important Love Bette Midler Yes Love little, her Ah, so formative to so many little gay kids yeah. growing up in the middle of nowhere. It's true. Yeah. It's really you know, true. Something just magical about those those great divas.
1: Yeah, it really is true. It's a great podcast. You guys should check it out because it's. Uh, you can start with my episode and then you can work your way yes. around. Hey, yeah, here's, we talked about your cat and about yeah. how your cat makes you makes you laugh. My cat makes me feel so many things. <laughs> I'm I'm a rose when it comes to animals. I guess I, I'm mm-hmm. all the ladies because they all were huge animal people, mm-hmm. like all the girls. But I but I think Rose is more like the biggest. Well, that was like on screen. Green, Rose was the
2: one who had the cat that got her. You basically got everyone together. Yeah,
1: and I'm that. I'm yeah. Rose in this In the cat Aww, Loving moment cat. I am a, such a huge animal Aww. person It's kind of disgusting How much of an animal person I am um, So we get into the episode Yes please Because we have a lot to talk about With this episode Yes There's so many There's there are so many sex references A <laughs> Like more than usual Yeah Blanche is real thirsty Blanche is so thirsty In this episode <laughs> It's crazy Yeah yeah. Um, so it starts off With Sophia asking Dorothy for money Yes And so Dorothy's like I gave you money last week What are you doing It's not the exact line guys Don't go crazy And and Sophia's like, I spent it. I had to spend it. Basically, she was at a strip club.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that's my first question about this episode. Is she's like, I lost some of the money in a, in a dancer's g-string. Yeah. I'm like,
1: what kind of club is Sophia going to? I've done that. I'm sorry. I have. I've accidentally, when <laughs> I intended to put a dollar in, I put a twenty in. I've done that.
2: Okay. You know what? I feel like once in a while a dancer should like kind of hit the a mini lottery and be like, "Oh, this scratch off paid off," or like this this yeah. person gave me more money than they. meant That to. person was yeah. so drunk it that they so did They mm.
1: couldn't see the numbers on dollar yes. on paper, <laughs> and so they put twenty dollars in. I've done that. I also bought my cousin once a, a lap dance in a shower. Ooh, yeah, because <laughs> he was filthy. No, it just wasn't. It was an option. It's like <laughs> it's like why not? At this really great, there's a strip club in St. Louis, outside St. Louis, called Boxers and Briefs, oh. and it's basically a wait it's, boxers and briefs, yeah, and it's an all male nude strip club on the in East St. Louis, and they wear tube socks because that's where you put the dollars, oh, because oh, you're ne- mm. you're naked, and uh, and they have a shower in the middle of the bar, and I went with my cousin. I was working on a story, which you guys, it's I wrote it for Fusion, so you can check it out. Um, but in the in the uh, in the centers, there's this shower and. You can have a stripper, you can get naked with a stripper and like take a shower and stuff.
2: Oh, I didn't realize that. Whoa. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that's what so I bought that. For
2: Wait, him. are you like cleaning the stripper? Is the stripper. Well, the co- stripper's
1: like... cleaning you, I think, uh-huh. and there's like erections and stuff. It's very interesting. Is
2: everybody naked, I assume? Well, or... in the shower, yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The I mean not suits. in the bar. I yeah. was not
1: naked. I was not about to get naked. If there's a if there is someone around me that is like exceptionally more attractive than me and they're naked, I am definitely not getting naked
2: that's so funny. That's my favorite time. Like there. Really? Are, yeah. Yeah. It makes Why? me feel so comfortable. When like, someone hotter than you is naked. Absolutely. Like, so uh, there's like, I, I never did this before I moved to Seattle, but uh, so Seattle, Seattle has like,
1: changes people.
2: It does for the better. I think you I think so. I, I feel better. Like I never went to underwear parties or that kind of, they're like, yeah,
1: I follow your Instagram and there's a lot of yes. pictures happening. Yeah. You guys want to see some, some, <laughs> some pictures you should go. What's your Instagram?
2: It's my name. It's Matt Baum. M-A-T-T-B-A-U-M-E. Out, B-A-U-M-E. Yeah. The E is important. The E is yeah, so, um, you know, I photograph, like, a lot of, like, fetish events and stuff in Seattle. Yeah,
1: local party stuff.
2: And, uh, you know, I never took my pants off at bars. Never? And, uh, and then one of my friends was throwing a fundraiser. Yeah. And uh, nobody was getting naked. and It was like an underwear party fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. And uh, nobody was getting, nobody was taking their pants off. And he was feeling really bad, and it was like a fundraiser for, something like, a good cause yeah. at a bar. And, I, you know, I was like, okay, I guess I'll be the first. Because everyone was like, I don't want to be the first. Mm. So... I was, I'm, okay, okay. So I took my pants off and I'm there in my underwear and I'm like, I feel really cute. And then, no. you know, then eventually other people started taking their underwear off. Yeah. And then I started going to more of these parties where they're like, you know, I had a friend who was like a porn actor yeah. and like there's, you know, always boys going around with jello shots and things. Yeah. And um, those need to be retired. This, <laughs> I'm all for it. I you don't, don't mind. mind. I don't yeah. mind at
1: all. Pass the jello shot. Pass <laughs> Hard pass. So yeah. like
2: all these like, People of all different bodies. Yeah. Like all
1: different standards of beauty. Oh, well, that's lovely. Yes. yes. And I'm that doesn't like, happen in LA.
2: I want I want to be one of those. Yeah. I want to be one of those people who feels hot. I
1: wonder if Sophia would get naked in that situation. I, I bet
2: that, That's what I'm wondering. What was yeah. the what was the milieu? at that I have bar? a feeling
1: Sophia would just she'd be ready to party. I think so too. I mean, clearly if she's if she spent all of her money on a on a stripper called Mr. Big and then Blanche <laughs> and then Blanche, there's like a pause and then Blanche goes, "I know that guy." That's just a stage name. <laughs> <laughs> she
2: knows it. She knows them all. She knows it, too. Yeah. Wow. You just see like her thumbing through the Rolodex in her mind yeah. of like, now yeah. which, which stripper was that? Mr.
1: Big. And, and I guess it was maybe a, a precursor to Mr. Big on Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's him. Maybe. Maybe it's Chris, Chris Knox. I think that's what, yeah. I saw him once at a FedEx Kinko's oh. in New York City in, 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 on St. Mark's. More like a FedEx Kinkies. Hey. <laughs> I never got the attraction to him. No, he was never my type. And also looking at him, it was like, your dick, like looking at you, you don't look like the type of person that would have a big dick. Yeah. Carrie would hate this though, because she does not know sex in the city at all. I don't like um, rich guys. Really? No. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't take anything at this point. Um, so Rose comes in, and she is all a flutter. Mm-hmm. All a flutter because Buzz. Buzz is coming into town. Look, girls, you know Buzz is coming into town. And Buzz is a fling. She dated Buzz when she was dating Charlie. Yes. Which is like scandalous. Mm-hmm. Charlie was a bit square, apparently. Yeah. and And you liked the traditional things. She still had a good time with Charlie, but she wanted a little bit more adventure.
2: Now, was Charlie the one who she said uh, he once he No, no, it was Buzz. It was Buzz. He, he was a, like a rock star in high yeah. school. He could put a whole box of chiclets in his mouth. What? what what's, a, what's a chiclet? It's like gum. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. It's like a box of Mike and Ikes or something. Oh, yeah. oh I love Mike and Ikes. <laughs> okay. There you go. Because I was going to ask, like, do you like have a special skill that you like to show off to impress people? Like putting a whole box of gum in your mouth?
1: No, I usually just show my tongue. Mm-hmm. I have a really fat tongue. Show me your tongue. Oh, my goodness. It's very fat. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
2: It was impressive.
1: Yeah. it's it's I mean... Yeah, it's an impressive tongue. I was gonna say go to my Instagram, but I don't really take pictures of my oh, tongue on Instagram. Tongue?
2: You should do like one of those like how people take gnomes all over the world. Just have like pictures of your yeah. tongue all over the world.
1: <laughs> That'd be funny. It's you
2: licking the Eiffel Tower and you licking be... the uh, Great Wall. China. Uh, uh, uh. I
1: have a massive tongue, you guys. So she she is like she she had a thing for Buzz, mm-hmm. and then Buzz left. He was he was going on tour. He, he was like a jazz singer he, or not a jazz singer, but he performed in a jazz band. He did the thing that. Um, uh, for Spike Jones band, he did the whoop thing. It's like a sound in a big band in the forties, I guess. I had no idea and what that meant. It's a thing, you know. I I know. I can. I can. I remember something about the sound of like that in that song. Um, and she says, every time a man dropped his pants, she always wanted to go whoop, which is like, wait whoop. Yeah, that's <laughs> how she did it, and and. And it's such a cool thing. Like, I don't know. Like, whenever a man takes off his pants, whenever I see a man take off his pants, I don't think of any sounds. I don't think of anything. I literally think, like, flushable wet wipes. Like, I think, like, what? am I prepared? You know what I mean? Like, okay. I think the I you, think, you think I think think normal things. Boy
2: Scout stuff. Like, you'd be prepared. Yeah, I think yeah. Boy
1: Scout things. Exactly. I was you know, never I a Boy Scout. But I, I I would think that is a good connection. Yeah, yeah. I need, um, to, I need to think of the logistics. Where she be. thinks of whoop. Mm-hmm. Which is you know interesting,
2: I think uh yeah, sex should have more sound effects well it it has sound effects <laughs>
1: more it's... like cartoon like yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly <laughs> cat screams from off camera meow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just the clown well, nose. Well, that's actually a fun precursor to mm. the end when there's that little roar that she does.
2: Can I tell you, early when Please. my partner James and I were dating, he talked in his sleep from time to time. Oh. And uh, at one point, he woke up, and, or like, sleep woke up. Yeah. And he said to me in his sleep, So, you have a clown nose on your butt now? <laughs> when he was asleep yeah yeah when he was asleep and he said it like challengingly like resentfully and like interesting yeah to this day we wonder what could he have been dreaming what was he thinking about what what i mean had a clown nose on your butt yeah so i mean like all i could think of was like the honk noise of a clown noise honk, honk. Like, yeah exactly wow. like he like he was thinking he was going to squeeze my butt and it was going to make that noise or something
1: but like that's an interesting <laughs> thing to think about when you squeeze a butt like if you I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because I feel like there's a lot to that that Mm -hmm. could that could actually probably be like maybe he was challenging you on something. Maybe he wanted you to like perform something.
2: Oh, maybe, maybe one more sound effect. Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's, my, he's named my butt cheeks. One is Golan, the other is Globus. <laughs> this is, is a filmmaking yeah. duo that made, like, what yeah. did they make? Electric Boogaloo. Yes. And- yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: wow. that's you, you, can't, you have an interesting relationship, my friend. Uh huh. Yeah. You can well, say that. Fraser and I here, on the other hand, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a one way street here. He just wants food, that's all he needs. Yeah. He doesn't need sounds or anything. A little bit of love, a little bit of love.
2: That's not so different from my partner. You just need some food. Food and love. That's all
1: you need. Um, So we're in the living room and Mm. and Sophia is sitting there and Dorothy comes over and says she's worried again because Sophia was out late last night again. Yep. and, and, you know, she says Sophia was that Wolfie's. I think it is. Yes, yeah. Uh,
2: like, what is that place? What is Wolfie's? Yeah, I want to. What is the name of the bar? Like that piano bar of f- oh, full straight men that the Rusty Anchor. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, like that, the inside of that place is so much more charming than the Rusty yeah. Anchor should be. So, what is Wolfie's?
1: Oh, uh, Wolfie's. I feel like. Oh, so I've only been to Miami maybe twice in my life. Maybe two, maybe three times. And one was like on a layover. So I don't remember much, but the, I, I went to one gay bar in Miami and, and one of the things that I remember from the gay bars, I went to a few gay bars that night, but one stands out, but, uh, something that stood out among all of them was that there's a lot of neon lights, mm-hmm. like a lot of like, 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 like track lighting, but neon, uh, you
2: okay. know? Yeah.
1: Um, so I imagine Wolfie's is like that.
2: Yeah, Maybe. I'm imagining some sort of like very 80s coyote ugly, like <laughs> people are not on their best behavior.
1: Yeah. But like,
2: like I don't know, the name Wolfie suggests like wolf whistling. So like everyone's just whistling at each other.
1: <laughs> well, so to get back to the sex theme, hmm. so now even Sophia's in on the game. So she says that she, she you know, she waited, Dorothy waited up till 2 a.m. for Sophia. She never came home. And, uh, Sophia, so she was at Wolfie's and Dorothy's like, I called Wolfie's. They said you were not there. And she was like, we left at 11 o'clock. And then, so Dorothy said, well, where would you go at that? Go after that. And Sophia says something like, guess who got lucky? And it's like, <laughs> and she talks about having a hookup with this like Jewish jeweler, mm-hmm. which I mean, good, good for
2: both of good them. Get it, yeah. get it,
1: Sophia. Like get that Jewish D. But at the same time. Oh, like, and then Dorothy even has a reaction that's very similar to mine, where she was like, "I was worried, I was thinking horrible things," and then she pauses, but nothing is horrible as what you just described, <laughs> <laughs> which is like so true. Um, but but Dorothy's like putting her foot down, like, "No, you cannot. No, you have to end this. I, I'm you, no more of this." And Sophia gets angry, and and Blanche walks into the room, and she has like her little nail kit, which I thought. Women have it so cool that they can, like, take that. Like, that, that must be meditation to sit there and do your nails. Like, you can't do anything else. Yeah. It, it's literally an intentioned action where you have to focus on one thing and one thing only. You can't be on your phone and watch TV. You can't do all these other things. You literally, it's just like, beautify yourself that I must be very therapeutic yeah. yeah um but so, so blanche comes into the room and sophia's like i'm giving you my 30 days i'm moving out like sophia's gone she's gone yeah she's very upset i
2: just also i want to point out when dorothy said to like to sophia like you know i, I i'm putting my foot down you can't do this anymore yeah. the audience gasped yeah like they took it very seriously yeah
1: i mean it's it is a strange dynamic because like you also are like, you're the daughter, Dorothy. Don't forget that.
2: Yeah. Like, you're still kind of the child. I just, I felt like the, the, the vibe in the audience was suddenly like, should we go?
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah. Should we? Uh, is this too much? Yeah. This, we're, this is too invasive for us. Yeah. So, um, so Rose and Miles come over and, and, uh, and they've been, I, I, keep, I keep wanting to get to that line. That Blanche has later on Where she's like Set the scene But it's not yet And I'm so eager for it That I'm like I'm I'm thinking it's now uh, But Rose and Miles come over They've been bird watching And they saw They spotted a purple Martin mm. Which <laughs> Blanche Of course Makes it About her again And says That she's seen A purple Martin Before And it was Martin I forget uh, his something, name Something something a, a Jewish name I, Yeah And he jumped over A thing <laughs> And he hurt himself mm. and, it was a purple Martin. Basically, she was saying that he had he had purple balls and dick. Yeah, which again, this is the thirstiest episode. Yeah, it's just everyone's, on her mind. Everyone's having sex. They're either cheating on people, having sex, talking about dick. Like,
2: and Blanche has no story. Like Blanche, none. Is, she's just watching all the craziness unfold around yes, her.
1: she has no. She has nothing to do in this episode no but her nails she's and so, dick. Yeah, that is it. She's like, "Where's my man? Where's?" God, I can't. Um, so uh, so so Miles leaves, and Rose sets up this whole thing about how she's having lunch with Buzz, and she's like, "You're not you're not worried about this." And Miles takes it. You know, he's like, "No, this is fine. I trust you." Mm-hmm. And so he leaves, and Dorothy's like, "How you did not tell him the full truth," setting up a pattern of what Rose did with Charlie and Buzz yeah. earlier on. So, and Buzz has a hold over Rose. Buzz, there's something there's something special about about that first love that just sort of changes things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, well, who, do you remember your first love? Uh, I remember the first guy that I dated Who was not a great match for me I,
2: My slip, pickings were, were kind of slim yeah. we me, Oh my god, we met at a Unitarian Where Universalist church In Connecticut Okay, uh, And there was like a gay youth dance Happening like an hour and a half drive away And so like all these gay kids From all over the state went to this UU church And yeah. we met each other And Dan Woog was there who was like a, a gay author in the 90s yeah. And uh, you know It, it was like he was the he was the cutest boy and yeah. i was deeply into him and uh, because he was just a cute boy who would talk to me yeah and that was not the great basis a great basis for a relationship <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah. i'm still in that mode i think okay yeah sure yeah. sure yeah. it's
2: it's hard to resist if like it is. if you're staring and then they start staring back yeah. like you can't break that contact yeah.
1: yeah i remember my i remember when i first fell in love and he is the man i lost my virginity to as well but he didn't know that I was in love. It was like, it was a young teenage thing where I was like infatuated by him. And it was like this whole, but I was mm. in love. Like it was like deep love. It was that feeling where you get like, you were unsure about the feelings. And all of a sudden you know what the feelings are. And you're like, fuck, this is heavy. <laughs> you know, it's that yeah. kind of love. Yeah. Well, Rose is not feeling it as much for Buzz, but I mean, it's, there's an infatuation there. She has to see this through. Now, Buzz. Is played by Eddie Bracken, B R A C K E N, and he actually has a very, very good career. He he's in that amazing Judy Garland film, Summer Stock. Um, that's the one where I think where she sings "Get Happy."
2: Oh, okay. yeah.
1: Uh, and then, but he also, more famously, is in National Lampoons, and then probably to many of our listeners, most famously. Home Alone Two. Ah, he's the owner of the toy store. In oh. Home Alone 2. oh, of
2: course he is. He has yeah. that like very kindly grandfatherly. Yes. He's also like he's very clearly movie acting. Yes. Oh yeah. He's doing he's doing like these subtleties. He's after us and... right now.
1: You hear it? The, the, the siren. Okay, he's coming to get us. Yeah. yeah. I
2: think I have head- headphones called?
1: on. I have headphones and you don't. And like I think I hear some of these oh, things. Sure. Yeah. Much 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 more than you do. But yes. So he he's a he's, he has a great career. He comes over. And, and, you know, they go on their date, like that's sort of their thing. And Sophia's gone. It is now the next day, Miles calls, and uh, Rose cancels on a date with Miles lies because she's hanging out with Buzz. Like, that's scandalous. Like Mm -hmm. there are patterns being set up here. And Sophia, of course, is, you know, still in the process of like, moving, she comes out in this sort of um is this where she comes out in the blue outfit? Oh yes, with yeah. the purple hat. With that purple hat. I mean, it was like that is a that is almost like a like a like an like an old school lady leaving on a bus outfit. Yeah, yeah. You no, know what it's in like school marm. Yeah. She it,
2: like she looked like she was in Meet Me in St. Louis talking about yes. the garland movies.
1: Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, she she is gone. And they're all kind of talking, and Rose says something, which is this is the Blanche line. Rose says something like, Is it possible to love two men at once? And then Blanche Without missing a beat, says, uh, set the scene. Have we been drinking? <laughs> Which is like so, so, so perfect. Now, I feel I feel like right now I'm feeling a little Carrie vibe. I feel like Carrie has thoughts on Buzz that we need to have heard. You know what I mean? I'm feeling that. So let's, yeah. let's just go to that real quick.
0: Hey, guys. It's Carrie. I'm so, so sorry. I am not here again this episode. But... I did have a thought or two about this episode that I wanted to drop with you guys. Um, I just want to talk about Buzz for a second. Great name, weird hair color, not a great dresser. Um, Buzz, okay, there's a moment where Rose says, you know, she says that Buzz wants her to go to Europe with him. Um, And when Dorothy goes, what about Miles? Rose is like, I don't know, for some reason, Buzz didn't want to take him too. Guys, this means that at some point in the conversation, Rose, in all seriousness, proposed the idea that she, Buzz, and Miles should like live together in some sort of "Ichimama Tambien" three-way European lovers situation, which is bananas, and it's probably why you know Rose was so overwhelmed in this episode. Oh, also, um, the first time we meet Buzz. Uh, Miles is at the house, and he leaves, and Buzz comes in like eight seconds later, meaning there's no way they wouldn't have passed each other in the driveway, which I feel like we've talked about before in other episodes with characters coming and going, but I just wanted to point that out.
1: Yeah, Buzz. Yeah, Buzz. Insight. Insight. Well, Buzz comes back over, and uh, (laughs) you just said insight. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Um, Buzz comes back over, and Buzz is wearing an all sort of like flannel
2: it, it's amazing Thing. It's plaids of every shape
1: and size Yeah It's incredible
2: And he's got this little bowler hat
1: Yes That is
2: so cute
1: Oh But it's also gross I mean the whole outfit I'm like who, How could you like this man Buzz I'm all I'm total team Miles in this episode Okay It is amazing
2: Because we have exact opposite reactions He came in that <laughs> suit And I was like This is the most adorable man in the world and I totally get it
1: Rose <laughs> No, I can't. It's so. Bleh. So they're going on a date. They walk out, and they are like out on the front porch, and they're talking about you know, sort of where they are and what they're doing and stuff. And then Rose, Rose tells, or he tells the story of Rose and when they last sort of saw each yeah. other. Yeah,
2: I remember when you were running yeah. after
1: the train, which is like the best setup. There is not, there is no better joke in cinema history, television, cinema history, than someone running like uh, uh, along the side of a train because someone's on it and then they crash into a wall. Yep. Like it will never not be funny. And that is, a g- is essentially what they set up. I
2: mean, honestly, like I thought I thought this joke was going to be a flop because yeah. I'm like, okay, you're just describing the joke from Airplane and you're not going to talk. Like you're just telling, yeah. reminding me of a funny joke from something else. Yeah. But... The image of Rose sprinting alongside the it's thing. It's so
1: funny. It's yeah, it's it so
2: perfect. It's so funny. And that
1: you don't see it. It's just described. Yeah. They talk about it so deadpan it, and wistfully. And then she says afterwards, she's like, let me go in and put on something flannel so you won't be embarrassed. And like she like goes in to put on something flannel. To, to plaid, to match. or plaid, yeah, plaid. Yeah. I'm sorry, not flannel. It looked like flannel. I mean it felt it felt flannel-y.
2: That okay. that dress she puts on this green thing with a giant well plaid so we padding.
1: see that in the next yeah. scene we've seen it before too she's worn that epi- that dress before Um, it's the green plaid like it is literally just like a full on dress like there's no it's just a straight I don't know how she moves in it like it's like you can't really spread your legs in that kind of dress but it was. A, it's a very bright green dress yeah very bright and I spoke out of turn Sophia wasn't leaving in that, ep- that scene Sophia's leaving in this scene so Sophia's wearing the blue outfit and like doing all that and she she's very dramatically leaving. Uh and Rose says, Is well, she gonna say goodbye? And then Rose admits that Buzz asked her to go to Europe with yeah. him. Which and she's torn. That's some metaphor. That is I know. That like
2: I'm, I'm taking you to literally the other side of the world. Yeah. Say goodbye to your life. That's and, a lot.
1: Yes. That's a lot to especially for someone you haven't known in forty years. And also too, let's not let's be real, like he old. Like they old. You know what I mean? Like Giving up your life and going to Europe, like, that's risky.
2: Also, like, I don't see Rose loving the life of, like, the traveling and being the wife of a musician. Or even, like, the sex partner of And what is Enrique Mas going to do? That's true. I mean, she has to give up a lot. Like, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to Europe. Come with me.
1: Also, if we forget the timeline of this episode, like, Rose almost just got AIDS. That's true. (laughs) That is true.
2: Yeah, she's got. I mean, I, I definitely get the feeling that Rose could use some stability right now. Yes, Rose
1: needs to calm the fuck down. That's also interesting that they had two Rose-centered storylines, episode after episode, like right Hmm. after each other you know cuz usually you think they like to mess, like mess it up and like the two episodes ago was Blanche's Blanche George cheating on Blanche and having a son with another mm-hmm. woman and but now it's like rose rose it's interesting um so it's it, it, they come back and they're in the kitchen Dorothy's in the kitchen and and Blanche comes in and they're she's really upset about Sophia being gone so Sophia's moved out now she found a new place and and Blanche tells how she would go to Sophia late at night and talk about her problems. And Sophia would give her some hard candy. And Dorothy's, like, perplexed by this, being like, you talk to my mother? <laughs> yeah. my, this sweet? You think my mother's this sweet little lady? She's, a, she's not sweet. Uh, and then Rose comes in, and Rose is also upset about Sophia not mm. being there because she, too, would go to Sophia late at night. And Blanche is like, she gave you hard candy? She's like, no, she thought I would choke on it, which is so Adorable. perfect. So perfect. You know, we, we met when we
2: first moved to Seattle. We moved there about three years ago. And I was at a bar and I met these two lovely guys and they were both like, they were starter gays. They were 21 and bless their hearts. They were just, they were just starting out. When I was 21, I went to the stud in San Francisco. Oh, I know this stud. Yes. The stud. And there was this man who just seemed like the, the, like a a wizard, a 2000 year old wizard in the window. And he saw my ID that I was 21. He was like, you're just starting out. You're just a little baby. And now I'm that man. And so I met these two guys at the bar in Seattle and, uh, Eventually, we became friends, and uh, they came over to play Dungeons and Dragons because that's Cute. what we do. Yeah. Um, but they're 21, and my partner and I are in our mid 30s. So yeah. I mean, we're not a million years old, but yeah. we just felt so old. Literally, yeah. we put out a bowl of Werther's Originals just to acknowledge uh, uh, our, like how elderly we I felt. I love a Werther's. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that's the thing is, I'm, I like I ate them all because they're <laughs> delicious. Yeah. They're yeah. delicious it's a good candies. candies. Yeah. It's a good candy. Also low in calorie. Mm-hmm. Like five calories. Very sensible. Very sensible. But they're like talking to each other, and I'm on Urban Dictionary the whole time trying to figure out what they're talking about.
1: I urban dictionary so much. I find that I, I, I don't actively pursue younger men, but I Mm -hmm. wind up with younger men. Mm -hmm. It's a strange thing. And I think it might have to do with like a nurturing thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is about me or maybe it's because I like to explain things.
2: That's, you know, I love that
1: when somebody, somebody the other day,
2: this, this bless his heart kid who was 25 said something about like, I was talking about Grace Jones and he was like, who's
1: Grace Jones. And at
2: first I was like, Oh my God. But then I was like, I feel very fortunate that yeah. I am get explain to explain this. Grace Jones yeah. to you. I,
1: yeah, I do get off on sort of sometimes explaining sort of like the cultural cultural significance of something and like what this movie means for gay history. Or what You're this, so good at that. And it makes me feel good that I yeah. can like inform, sort of maybe offer sort of a different perspective on why this film matters. Right now, mm-hmm. I mean, this totally has nothing to do with being gay, but I am obsessed with writing a story about how 1992 was like the year of women Politically, yes, because mm. they called it the Year of Women because of so many women got elected to Congress that year. It was, it was Diane Feinstein and, and uh, Patty Murray and Carol Moseley Braun and so many women. It was a huge election for women. But in film, like if you look at... This has nothing to do with the Golden Girls, but I'm obsessed with this, guys. You should Google it. So often, top ten films are like male-centered films. Mm. And in, two, in 1992, that year, what films were huge was Batman Returns, awesome female uh, super villain or whatever you would call her a league of their own. The bodyguard, I think was the second highest grossing film of the year. The bodyguard, uh, you had basic instinct. Mm -hmm. You had like so many huge films that were about women. Yeah. Really. I mean, single white female, the hand that rocks the cradle, all these films are 1992 and they were huge. Death becomes her huge, huge huge hits that like they don't, we don't have years like that anymore. Mm. I well, would love a year like that. Oh what my God. happened? And they, we used to back in like the forties. Like film oh, yeah. noir, women ran that shit.
2: Yeah. You know, I would like, can you imagine if just like Hollywood, I say in air quotes because whatever, cause, cause they're Hollywood listening, Hollywood d- is listening right just now. Just decided yes. like, okay, the next year, the next slate of films that we're doing, yeah. we're just doing, we're just doing lady pictures. God, wouldn't that be great? Dude? Oh my God. That'd be such a good year. Yeah.
1: I would die for that. Oh my God. Just, and I know everyone listening another. right now would be like, yes, please. Yes, please. Women now. Yes. Now. Yeah. Like I, that's all I want. All I want is like a, like there's nothing more than a oh, good waiting to exhale in my life. Like, mm-hmm. there is nothing better than waiting to exhale. Yep. Sorry, guys. little tangent there. Um, so, then the next scene is they go to visit Sophia's new place.
2: Oh, I just want to point out, in that yes. previous scene, it was driving me bonkers. They were wearing the colors of a stoplight. Uh, <laughs> did notice so, that. yeah blanche was red yeah. dorothy was yellow she was wearing this nightgown all their nightgowns this yellow nightgown that looked like vinyl siding and then um rose was <laughs> wearing green i liked it because she had a weird
1: neck thing going on oh, she dorothy's did, did. Yeah. There, there were
2: so many folds yeah. it's like a bow tie that just can you like, imagine
1: sleeping in those though
2: that's the thing so i don't think buttons. they sleep
1: in it though i think they take oh, it off they to come sleep out to, uh, they put it on because it's a nightgown mm. it's like you something you leave your room in it's like a robe yeah you know Okay. Whereas whereas Blanche just lets it all out. I mean, boobs they're just, and everything.
2: They're so diaphanous. Like when yeah. she's sweeping around the yes. kitchen, it's, I think she was eating like yogurt or something. Yeah. And I, I don't even remember what the line. She said something about. She said something sexy, and then
1: like oh, put well, the spoon in her mouth. She's building up this story about her first love. Oh, talking that's about right. First yeah, love, yeah, And she was talking about uh, some football player, and and. She was getting very erotic. He
2: was always up for
1: extra innings. Yes, yes. And then,
2: that was that was a little Tennessee Williams there. But uh, oh. still, that's fine. Uh, yeah, and then she, like, puts the spoon in her mouth, the yogurt, yeah. and, like, sp- comes out very slowly. Yeah. Ugh! Oh,
1: it's too much. Yeah. So the next day they go, and they visit <laughs> Sophia's new place. And it is a mansion. It is a, I mean, it's a mansion, an apartment mansion. It's a very luxurious apartment. It has a maid. The maid is play- played by April uh, Ortiz. Um, And, and... <laughs> Sophia comes out, meets the maid, and uh, the maid says something like, "Oh, well, you were, you came into my room last night and you sat in a chair." And then Sophia sets up the story how the bathroom used to be right off, sort of where this woman's room is now in her old place. And it literally, Sophia is basically saying, "I I did something in your chair that yeah. involves body m- bodily movements." Yep. I, I I hope it's pee. I hope it's just pee.
2: I mean. Marie would have noticed if it was anything further, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, Sophia's a tiny lady. That's true. That's and true. And if it's an embroidered chair. <laughs> That's true. You're not, it's hard with the pattern. It's and maybe she's miss got it. a
2: cat and the cat's smelly. Yeah. I mean, who knows?
1: Cat. I hate it. Um. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Uh, and so, so, okay. So then we're in the apartment. The ladies come over and they, they're, they're, I mean, Blanche especially is taken Aback, taken aback by this apartment. It I is mean, ostentatious. It is. It's very ostentatious. It's a. It's a little. It's a little too much. And she's living with an older rich man named Malcolm who yep. does not know where he is or who anybody is. And, and Dorothy is constantly someone's boy Timmy or something. Like,
2: yeah. He, he. So he thinks that Sophia is this boy Timmy or Tommy or something. Yeah,
1: Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the man guys. I. I didn't know this, but the man, the actor who played Malcolm, his name's Douglas Steele fascinating story. I don't know how the hell he got on the golden girls, but he started his work like in the thirties. Like he's always been like a trained actor, like a trained sort of Shakespearean British actor. And he did some films in like the thirties and forties took a like 40 year break of filmmaking to focus on like Shakespeare acting in London, basically directing, producing, creating. He was a huge stage guy. And then he came back to film acting With Amadeus, Best Picture winner in 1984, and and, yeah, 84. And do you know who he was in that? I I don't know who he was in that, but he starred in things as like Amadeus, but also he was the voice of the Sultan in Aladdin. I love that so much. Like this man, and he had he made his Broadway debut at 60. Like this man is a living testament to age. Don't give a fuck. You can do anything at any age. Yeah, yeah, he. Good dude. Good dude. Inspiring. It's Inspiring. Inspiring. Now, I think that I'm, I'm getting a golden feeling here, and I feel like maybe Carrie, in her sickness from afar, has something to say, so I think we should. Do you feel it? I feel curious. I feel curious, too. Let's feel it. Let's feel it together.
0: Oh, my God. This apartment that Sophia moves into, it's like a it's like 1980s TV. The height of luxury is having, like, bookshelves built into walls and a tv that sits on the floor and a maid in her own outfit like a professional maid outfit with a duster um I was obsessed with Sophia's roommate Malcolm like I want to party with this guy he's so fucking out of his mind um he reminded me of like you know those like eccentric old man muppets like like Statler and Waldorf or whatever. I don't know. I just was so obsessed with Malcolm. He like, the way he spoke was so cartoony and he thought that Sophia was a dude named Tommy. I just like, I really, I really would have loved to have seen like a spinoff of her, of Sophia and Malcolm, or at least just one more scene with Malcolm. Um, Because I feel like him and Sophia would have gone on some crazy adventures together. And honestly, when Sophia at the end of the episode, when she's basically jokes that she like, well, she doesn't joke, but she basically infers that maybe she committed like a major crime last night. Because she's like, I was here if anybody asks. I like to think that her and Malcolm, um, oh man, what kind of crime could they have committed? I don't know. You guys tell me what kind of crime did Sophia and Malcolm commit together? Uh, where she needs the women to create an alibi for her. Let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Bye, guys.
1: Insight. Yeah, more insight. Insight. So much insight. (laughs) It's it's so fun to do this because I don't know what Carrie's saying. Um, uh, So Dorothy basically is asking Sophia to come home. She's begging Mm -hmm. her to come home. But Sophia's like, can I hang out with my friends still? And Dorothy's like, no, I can't. And Dorothy's coming from an interesting place because Dorothy is saying basically that, like, listen, I need to look out for you and you do things that are unhealthy for you and I don't, I don't want you to get hurt. Like, it's all coming from a place of love. I empathize with Dorothy here. Yeah,
2: It's weird to me that Sophia does not acknowledge the effect that her actions have on Dorothy. Like, Surely no. she must see that Dorothy is stressed. I mean, like she said, she was up till 2 a.m. Why would Sophia... I mean, so I guess it would be one thing if Sophia was like, you know, you don't have to stay up for, until 2 a.m. I'm, I'm fine, so knock it A-okay off. I am
1: A-okay going to sleep at 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally fine with that.
2: But so, you know, Dorothy is being very um, agitated and controlling here. And I get that she's worried, but also, like, why... I don't know. I I just didn't quite get why Dorothy was suddenly, like, pouncing on her mother about this stuff. Makes no sense.
1: Makes no sense.
2: Also, when Blanche and Maria like they, they need to give the women some space so they can yeah. talk and so Blanche is admiring the art and Maria that made says something like do you want to see the Jackson Pollock and the John Yeah. and they like hustle off to the bathroom together yeah. I found that so bizarre like what are they doing in the bathroom what oh is- I
1: love that so I love I mean I like having art in the bathroom I don't have much art in my bathroom because my the walls in my bathroom like they don't hold art unfortunately like it's just the they break off and shit uh-huh. um, but my mother is a big art in the bathroom person huh. I love it I think it's a great place for art
2: do you think she was just like admiring that painting for yeah, like of course, five minutes.
1: Of course. You know, she's an art person. I
2: guess it's uh, a Jackson Pollock. How much can you look at it? Whatever.
1: I mean, it's just true. Jackson Pollock is kind of boring. No offense. Jackson Pollock's estate. Uh, so <laughs> Sophia says, bye, and she just like leaves. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm not not putting up with you anymore.
2: Um uh, Sophia says that to like to door door, like, yeah, I'm just yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I'm done with it. This conversation. too Sophia's also a little out of place. Like before the girls got there. Sophia was feeling a little uncomfortable with the maid and was feeling a little sort of just like lost, basically. Yeah. Um, so we're back at the house, and Buzz and Miles, um, you know, are there. And, uh, and uh, no, I'm sorry, Miles is there, and then Buzz comes over, and there's sort of this, you know, gathering that happens that's really uncomfortable because yeah. then Miles and Buzz are sizing each other up. Yeah. And they do this really cute, so you're Miles, so you're Buzz. Miles, Buzz, like it was just cute yeah, it's back an- and forth, and then Miles breaks the tension and says, "Rose." And Buzz goes, "Yeah." And it's like <laughs> it's a it's a funny. You can tell this man, this this actor, is so classically trained in yeah. in terms of like movie, old school movie acting that he yeah. has these mannerisms that modern day would just be like, "Ooh, you an old gay dude." But yeah, it,
2: it felt like Bob Hope could have been in that scene a little
1: bit. Yeah, very much. Um, and so. Miles, Buzz gives them some, some space and says he will go name check. Out on the Lanai, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon. Hey, that's the name of the show. Hey, that's the show we're on. Waka waka. Uh, and As Rose says
2: she's uh, at one point she just seems so like desperate, and she says, "I feel overwhelmed." Yes, she, there's
1: such an H in her. Yes. overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Yeah, it's like a Jewish H. Um, and and Miles, Miles, I'm all team Miles here. I think Miles not only looks much better, but also Miles is taking a very sort of like respectable approach, and he's like listen, I don't want to beg. He has self-respect and he doesn't want to give her an ultimatum either because he doesn't want to be that person. And so he leaves, letting Rose make the decision that she needs to make. Yeah. Which I respect so much.
2: Honestly, I kind of respected Rose here because I thought she was being a little unfair to the guys. I agree. Initially, but she says to Miles... Uh, something like I need time. Like I'm overwhelmed, yeah. and I need time <laughs> to f- to understand what I need. I need yeah. I need time. I think it's very brave to say that to somebody. Like it's hard to I say. I don't know what I need to do here, and I.
1: But I know I need to do something. I'm and asking I need you space. to give me time. Yeah, exactly. It's a very it's a hard thing, thing to it's say. A, it's someone who is self-aware and emotionally vulnerable and honest with themselves mm-hmm. that says that. So Buzz comes back in, and Buzz Buzz is a little insensitive here, and Buzz. He's a bit of a creep. All of a sudden, he is a little bit, but he says something that. I think is so true of performers sometimes um, in that an artist in general, in that like, you know, we're self-involved. Like I, I get it. I'm, I'm the same. I, it's one of the, it's one of my biggest struggles with the relationships is that like, oftentimes it becomes all about me and it, it can be a, it can be, you know, not conducive to a good relationship. And, uh, and he does that there where he says, you know, he's, he basically tells Rose, well, how about I, le- I'll leave, I'll go to Europe and come back and, you know, you can make a decision and Rose says, well, that's what you said 40 years ago and you never came back. And, and then he basically says, well, I figured, you know, I left and you married and we both made mistakes and now we can correct them. And which is really a self-centered thing to say to, to think that it's all about him.
2: That felt like an ice pick in the heart to me
1: to say that about Charlie, who I never met. He intended it that way.
2: But gee whiz, what a, it's hard. Mean, insensitive. It's like, somebody
1: who isn't empathetic and is not thinking of somebody else who's literally in their own world. I don't think he meant it to be mean, but... But it means he doesn't understand Rose. He doesn't understand Rose and he's, a, he's self-involved. Yeah. And Rose responds as she should and says, no, I, I don't, there's no mistake was ever made, ever. Like, you know, I loved, loved Charlie. And, uh, and so basically she just says, bitch, you gotta get the door. Like, that's essentially the stepping to to the left, to the left. She did it to the left. She did early Beyonce to Buzz. Yeah. And just when Buzz is about to leave, who comes storming through that door? Like a man with his loins on fire. It's Miles. And he's like, I'm good, my girl. And Buzz says something really cute. Buzz, like, of course, like any self-involved person who, you know, like any self-involved person is like, don't, don't, don't hit, don't hit me, don't hit me. And as he's leaving... I'm in the arts. Like, he's so, like... I love that
2: line so much. It's almost it's like, so don't weird. touch the
1: moneymaker. But right. it is such a weird line. Yeah, yeah. It's so but, weird.
2: Again, like, it's kind of a reference to... Um uh, oh, the end of Blazing Saddles when oh, uh, yeah. what's his name, the the dancer Buddy, uh, they they burst into the yes. dance number, yes. And one of the one of the uh, cowboys is about to hit. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? I can't believe I've forgotten his name. The, I haven't seen it in years. The heavy set man who's the emperor in history of the world, oh. and he's also on the Muppet Show, and his arms gets to one of his arms gets long, and <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Yes, Dom DeLuise. <sighs> oh, yes. Anyway, so Dom DeLuise. Uh, one of the cowboys is about to hit him and he says not in the face Yeah, and then he punches in the stomach thank you
1: that's what I worry about a lot I worry about my teeth because I have a lot of fake teeth Mm. which is a lot of money Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and and not because I'm not vanity it's because of cancer Mm. and so I worry about teeth like if you know if I I fall or anything that's the first thing I check
2: like bringing a beer bottle to your mouth too fast or like just being careless like that's Mm -hmm. you know because I've got a little crack in one of my front teeth Yeah, when I was 20 uh, or around then a dentist said to me just be just be careful because i like went to a dentist and he was like oh you got a little crack in one of your teeth just be careful and like him saying be careful like my entire life is changed changed, me. And like, changed it, forever yeah, yeah. yeah. every time i bring a glass to my lips
1: so miles is oh, he is roaring he's ready to fight for his woman he's gonna do it and he is sort of just like very much you know he basically says like it's either me or him and you know you choose me and then rose just says okie dokie and that's sort of where the scene goes to it's okie Mm dokie and he's really happy and it's a really 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 cute scene and uh and miles says first time in my life i ever came in here as like a raw man you know and got what i wanted from it because he's like a jungle cat, and then Rose goes, "Rah!" <laughs> it's like such a cute scene. It is. It it's is. a really, really, really cute moment.
2: You know, she and Buzz work because they are very similar. And you mean I think, Miles, Miles, but, no, and Miles? No, no, no. I think she and Buzz worked oh. temporarily.
1: Oh, interesting. Because they were very
2: similar. Yeah. Uh, but I think long term, you know, opposites attract. And yeah. if you're too, if you're too alike, that—that's
1: true. That's a and Miles sees something in her that no one else does. Yeah. You know, they—they they see. He sees like he doesn't see stupidity. Mm-hmm. He sees sort of just like a lovable naivete that's refreshing.
2: Yeah. She's which, completely without guile. Yeah,
1: which is a beautiful thing. And yeah. so Sophia comes home and she sees this sort of snuggle fest, you know, slutty fest happening here. And she says it's like it's like living with Cher. Um because <laughs> there's so much slut happening and she goes into the kitchen and she's moving back basically and uh and she makes some joke about how you know she's gone for a week and people then rose and blanche change positions and you know rose is now the slut and blanche is the idiot because <laughs> she's sitting there with her luggage and everything mm-hmm. and blanche is like are you moving back and she's like of course i'm moving back <laughs> Look no, at Blanche. blanche. Yeah. yeah um and I mean, avon a, lady yeah exactly yeah. yeah and basically i mean they just have this sort of you know She's back, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's it's. I think it was a really good episode.
2: It's it's so much. I can't remember who said this. Maybe it was Dan Harmon, but somebody who works on on TV shows was talking about how sitcoms, particularly of this time, are all
1: about maintaining stasis. Yeah,
2: and like this, the episode starts and ends with everybody in exactly
1: where they were. Yeah. Yes, that's this is, <laughs> that's basically what happened in this. I mean, the only one missing is Rose. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it started with. You know, uh, Sophia and Dorothy and Sophia needing money mm-hmm. and it's ended with her returning with Sophia and
2: Dorothy. Yeah. And Sophia says like at the very you know, she's back and she's like, but if anybody asks, I was here last night.
1: Yeah. And then she walks yeah. out.
2: What do you think she was doing? Where was she? What did she get into trouble doing last night? <sighs> well, if
1: we know anything from that Mickey Rooney episode where she, you know, was dating him, forget his name now. Um, she's okay with a lot of things. Potentially even murder. She's a goer. She's, yes. So I, she says yes to life. (laughs) That's what I think. Did she Um, kill Marvin? She may have. (laughs) She may have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I don't know where she was, guys. Let us know on the Facebook page or Twitter <laughs> what you what you think, and you can you can at you know Matt, and we can all get into this conversation. I like this episode; it's a good one. I do too. Yeah, it's sweet. So, a golden takeaway. Mm. If you, I mean, you know this, but I'll say it again. A golden takeaway is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives from our listeners based on this episode. I'll start so you have sort of an example. My golden takeaway from this episode is if a man does something as a joke or as sort of a, a thing to show off for you, you know? And, um, he injures himself, uh, in his testicle region. Knowing him as a nickname from that injury is not a flattering thing. And so that, and I'm referring to Blanche's with purple Martin, um, I don't, I don't think he would appreciate it have been talked about in that way when really he was just doing something to show off for Blanche. Poor guy has probably accomplished a lot of things in his life. Yeah, he's probably a doctor. Yeah. You know, he's probably like a heart surgeon. He's like done good things. Mm-hmm. But to her, the only thing he is worth is his purple dick. Yep. Yeah. So don't do that, guys. Don't do that.
2: Okay. Uh, my golden takeaway is that I really want to have an all-over plaid. I want a suit that is just like oh. soft
1: oh. and <laughs> don't do like it. A, Please, like don't, a do big, it. Please don't do pattern. it. Big
2: chunky plaid pattern. I mean,
1: send me pictures if you do. We'll post them. But <laughs> but I mean, God bless. I beg of you. Don't. I could
2: not take my eyes off Rose in that wow. Green dress.
1: Wow, that I liked her dress. I could do the dress. That I could do. But Buzz's outfit, no, I could not do.
2: Ugh. Maybe not his. No, I I mean like like a like a onesie. I want like a big. I love a onesie. Thick, plaid onesie. I don't have a waist
1: for a onesie, but I love a onesie. You could wear a onesie. I'm very round.
2: That's fine. But I'm like... That's the beauty of a onesie.
1: No, that is not the beauty. You have to have a waist. You have to have a line for a onesie.
2: That is a waste of a onesie, because when you're in a onesie, you need to be soft and cuddly, and you need to be, like, somebody needs to be hugging you. That is the point of it. And, God uh, bless
1: you um, So guys That's yeah. been out on the lanai Matt Where can people follow you On the interwebs And what is coming up In your life That people should check out Oh
2: my goodness So you can follow me At Matt Baum On Twitter For all my comings and goings mm-hmm. I write for Vice Magazine yeah. And Salon And a bunch yeah. of other places And Sewers of Paris Is now on Twitter It's a brand new oh, thing Oh exciting So you can find
1: clips Of stuff we talked
2: about So what handle, handle clips is it? And things like It's at Sewers of Paris Great On
1: the Twitters That's wonderful so you can find me there Yay And guys I'm H.L. and Scott And everything You know where to find me this has been out on the Lanai. You can go to outonthelanai.com dot uh, and to find all kinds of things. GG you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you like what you heard and you want to leave a little donation, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate. And you can also wish Carrie get well soon. Even though this is airing two weeks from now, and I hope she's better by that point, and she will definitely be back next week. Uh, you know, considering if maybe maybe she has smallpox. I don't know. Like. Maybe, maybe, or she's probably fine. Though I, yeah. bet. I, I don't want to curse it. I'm gonna knock on something right now, yeah. just to make sure that guilt. I have guilt, uh, <laughs> guys. So thanks so much for listening. And as always, remember, stay, stay golden.
0: golden. Yay! Yeah, am